Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal. You're my boy, Blue. You A podcast with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh, yeah. TV. Nice. Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more. From deep inside the Man Cave, your host, Elias. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining me on this week's episode. This week, I had the pleasure of talking to actor-writer Adam Sekman. You've seen him on the CW's Legends of Tomorrow as Agent Gary Green. We had a great chat talking about his career, how he got into acting, and his comedy pilot that he co-wrote. Just a quick reminder, you can uh, find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at the MCC Podcast. You can also find us on Facebook just by searching the Man Cave Chronicles podcast. Enjoy the episode. It was a great time talking to Adam. Adam, welcome to the cave. Hey, Elias. Pleasure to be here at the cave. It's so lovely here. <laughs> How are things with you, man? What's new with you? Uh, things are good. Just in the midst of uh, the, the season of Legends of Tomorrow, uh, having a ball shooting in Vancouver, and... Uh, Right now, having a ball with you in the man cave. There you go. <laughs> so you've had a busy career with acting, writing TV pilots, and of course the show. But I want the listeners to get to a little bit to get to know you a little bit more about you. Where are you originally from? Originally from Winnipeg, Canada, right in the center, the <laughs> capital of Manitoba. There you go. And uh, and then when I was fourteen, my family we moved to Toronto. So high school in Toronto. There you go. How was it growing Which, up? Which, by the way, it, it was. I mean, in Winnipeg, extremely cold, like frigidly cold temperatures in the winter. So cold that you have to plug in your car when you like go to the shopping mall, uh, which I don't know if you know about. But yeah, in <laughs> super cold weather cities, you have to do that so the engine, so the oil in the engine doesn't freeze. Okay. And then in the summer, you would get destroyed by mosquitoes, sadly. <laughs> so it's a- so it's like finally the weather is hot and you're like, yeah, oh no, mosquitoes everywhere. <laughs> So it was a no-win situation over there, huh? I know. It's really frustrating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally, you need to, like, in the summer, you need to stand in the sun. And once you, like, step into the shade, mosquitoes. Yeah. Nighttime, mosquitoes. <laughs> so. So growing up there, what were you into as a kid? What did you enjoy doing? Uh, a lot of, you know, stereotypical hockey. Like, a lot of street hockey. Uh, just kind of mostly sports related activities, basketball, that kind of thing. Yeah. Those were my two and, and tennis. Those were my three sports that I played the most. Who did you enjoy watching in hockey in Canada? Well, I grew up, my idol growing up was Mario Lemieux. Okay. I loved him. The greatest hockey player of all time, in my opinion, even though Wayne Gretzky, I get it. He's got, he, I guess technically is the greatest, but Mario Lemieux, the most talented um, and then basketball, I didn't really have a team. I kind of liked the Knicks until I moved to Toronto the year that the Raptors were birthed. The year the dinosaur egg hatched <laughs> and the b- baby beautiful Raptor appeared. Um, and became, and now I'm a diehard Raptors fan. But you know that the, the, uh, you know how they chose the name, the Raptors? It's so embarrassing. Actually, I don't. So the only reason it's the Raptors is because Jurassic Park was like the number one movie that year. And people just thought the name was really cool, but a hundred percent related to the movie. <laughs> uh, I was waiting for you to Which tell is, me like this huge dinosaur story in Toronto or 
<laughs> I know. I wish there was like, yeah, they they found the bones like downtown. They did a dig and they found a stegosaurus. No, it was, well, I guess it would be a velociraptor in this case. But yeah, the, it was literally because of the movie. So I read online that you went, you know, you went off to college for finance. How did you go from like finance until acting? Uh, yeah, so I studied finance. I finished it. I have a degree in it. But while I was uh, at the University of Pennsylvania, I would go to, like, see um, extracurricular theater companies on campus. You know, they'd have all those, like, student theater groups. Yeah. And, and a friend of mine, she, uh, she wanted me to audition for her theater company, which was called Teatron. And the, the reason that it existed was it was specifically for uh, Orthodox Jews, meaning that they never performed or rehearsed on Friday night or Saturday during the Sabbath when religious Jews are not supposed to do any work. Uh, so I auditioned for it and, uh, they brought everyone they liked in a room together and they said, look, uh, the play we're doing this year requires the lead male and female to kiss who's willing to kiss a member of the opposite sex. And I put up my hand and they were like, great, you're the lead. (laughs) And that was it. Because most of the other uh, actors in it who were religious, you know, I wasn't religious, so they, you're not, a lot of them, you're not allowed to kiss or touch a member of the opposite sex until marriage. Wow. If you're, like, very religious. Yeah. Wow. So from there, you uh, yeah. you decided you're going to, did you go back to acting school for that? Yeah, so I, I sort of fell in love with it then, and then I, uh, after that, I went to grad school for theater. Yeah. Got a master's of fine arts. So what was your plan after that? L.A., like everybody else? Yeah, yeah. That's What was interesting was, uh, so I went to school uh, in New York at Columbia, and when we were graduating, the general, like, um, sort of the official party line of the school was like, do not go to L.A. Go to L.A. when L.A. calls you. L.A. doesn't need more actors. You know, it's kind of like that kind of thing. And... I was just like, why is L.A. going to call any of us? You need to, like, in L.A., you got to bang down the door yourself. No one's, like, you know, busy searching for new grads in New York. Yeah. Like, it's just, I don't know. I thought it was ridiculous. And and although I love theater, it just seemed like um, L.A. is, you know, where, the, where more of the money-paying jobs are. Yeah. So you were doing theater for how many years before you decided you wanted to transition to like TV? So it was that program was three years and then sort of right after we graduated, I did a show uh, related to the program off Broadway. And then pretty soon after that, I came to L.A. And I'm since I've lived in L.A. for 12 years, I've only done one play here, which is sad. I mean, I love theater. I'd love to do it again. I'm not like, uh, you know, discounting it completely, but it's just uh didn't become a priority here. So what was the first gig when you went out to LA? Uh, my first gig was on a soap opera called the young and the Restless. <laughs> it was actually, it was actually pretty awesome. It was, uh, I played like a wedding chapel manager and little Richard was in the episode <laughs> playing wow. the piano. It was awesome. <laughs> Hilarious guy. What a nice guy. What a fun guy. Yeah. Did you uh, enjoy doing a soap opera? Yeah, it was great. Yeah. It was great. It was my first gig. It was a really fun sort of 
you know, colorful role. Um, and yeah, I had a, I had a blast. Yeah. I was See, hoping I would get more episodes, but you know, it was just one, but that's okay. Hey, you went from that to being on Legends of Tomorrow, which is like one of the biggest shows at CW. So that's not a bad start. Oh, it's amazing. No, I'm yeah. very, very grateful, Elias. Very grateful. Yeah. So how does it feel being on that show? It's amazing. It's amazing. It's a, it's a hilarious show. It's such a, you know, the writers are so brilliant and have created such an amazing world. And uh, it's amazing how much the show has changed from last season to this season. Like, you know, you would never think like, wow, how could the show get even wackier, even more bonkers, even more hilarious? Like they, they really, they're, they're geniuses. Yeah. I so, feel very honored to be a part of it. Yeah. So when you were growing up as a kid, did you read comic books at all? Were you into comics or was it mostly just sports? Yeah, not really. No, I wasn't. Yeah, I was into sports, into sports and movies. Yeah. I went to the movies all the time. I remember when I was uh, 13, my mom... So in, in Canada, when a movie is rated R, it's like the equivalent of NC-17 in the States. So nobody, except it's 18, so it's like an NC-18 movie. No one under the age of 18 is allowed to go. And uh, I went with my mom to see Pulp Fiction, and I was like 13 at the time. And we walked up to the ticket counter, and the guy's like, uh, I don't think he's 18. And she's like, he's my son. He's 18. I know how old my son is. I was like, thanks, Mom. This is awesome. And then, of course, you know, there's the gimp scene and like, oh, yeah. the crazy shit that happened. <laughs> what, did you, what did your mom think of Pulp Fiction? She loved it. Yeah, I don't think, I mean, I, I'm sure she was uncomfortable like I was in the, you know, the, like, yeah. the Uma Thurman doing drugs and then of course in the in the gimp rape scene but but ultimately whatever you know i turned out relatively normal <laughs> it was hey, fine yeah so <laughs> so you play agent gary green on the show uh so tell us a little bit about how you fell into that role so thanks to the uh columbia university alumni network actually i uh i went to a holiday party an alumni network holiday party in LA and I met uh, one of the writers of the show, Grania, who became a good friend of mine and sort of, I guess it was maybe two years later, uh, she called me or a year and a half later, she called me, she said, look Adam, we're writing this role. Uh, I think you'd be good for it. Uh, I contacted our Canadian casting director for you to audition. She's like, right now it's three episodes. We don't know if it'll be more, but you know, read for it and we'll see. Yeah. And so I submitted a tape and the rest is history. Was very grateful that she thought of me and, you know, opened the door to yeah. give me the opportunity. And then ultimately she didn't make the decision, but had she not, you know, pushed for me, I never would have had the opportunity. How did you prepare for that role? And tell us a little bit about your character. Uh... Well, so the audition, interestingly, the audition was not in the episodes. So they were dummy sides created specifically for the audition. And, you know, it was, it was a lot of material, but I sort of recognized the, like, how comedic it was. And so uh, a lot of it was preparing it, like, you know, being very... Uh, prepared with the material backwards and forwards and sort of working on the rhythm because comedy is so much about rhythm. Yeah. Um, 
so I kind of got the sense right away that he's kind of a, a lovable loser. He's sort of dorky, but also like, um, like it's weird. He's on one hand very intelligent, on the other hand a complete moron. It's like those two, the dichotomy of the <laughs> extremely intelligent, clearly, but yeah. then he does things. You're like, wait, why are you doing that? That makes no sense. But so, so I sort of. Uh, um, can identify with him in that sense. Um, uh, and then in terms of, sorry, what was the next part of the question? Like, like, how did you prepare for the role? Oh, how did I prepare? Um, I don't know. I guess I spent my whole life preparing. <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong like, nothing that. specifically. I didn't, yeah. you know, thankfully, or not thankfully, or whatever, the, Gary Green doesn't exist in the DC universe. So it was not like... Uh, you know, like Matt Ryan, who plays Constantine, has like a trove of Constantine comics that he uh, that he knows, that he reads, that yeah. he knows them really well. And you know, Gary Green is is a figment of the imagination of the writers of Legends of Tomorrow. So there was like the backstory doesn't exist, uh, didn't exist. It's funny. Um, it's funny because, like you said, that you know other other actors have to like read those comics just to get to know the role better, and your role was created. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's been it's been awesome. I guess the the benefit of that is like there is not this uh, necessity to adhere to a to like the fans and comic book fans preconceived notions of who the character is. You know, yeah. and you can make him your own um, also. Exactly. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Which has been so fun. It's yeah. been amazing. Do you have a favorite scene or a moment on the show that you were in? Uh, yeah, several. Um, I think like the, the probably, so there's some stuff we're shooting now that I absolutely love, but I can't talk about it because yeah. it's, it, but it's going to be real juicy. But I, other than that, I think I love the first episode of this season, working with the unicorn with the horse who's so cute and so friendly and, uh, and at the same time, you know, like the trainer is getting the horse to sort of jump up on its heels. So there was like this, you know, a little bit of danger. But I, and also working with all these animals, I got to do work with a chicken, with a cat, with a pig. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right about that. <laughs> so so uh, how do you do you enjoy? I mean, obviously, I know you enjoy working with the cast, but like, how is it working with like a, like a pretty much an all star cast like that? amazing yeah they're all such professionals they're brilliant so well everyone is like uh so kind you know there's no there's no egos we get along like a bunch of us hang out sort of you know on the weekends and stuff yeah um you know it feels a little bit a little bit like summer camp <laughs> at least for me i mean i i i have a great time with everyone really yeah i gotta ask do you ever call brandon superman I haven't yet, but I should. <laughs> Brandon is extremely knowledgeable about food. He's really amazing to talk to about nutrition. He's a he's a genius. Yeah, he's uh yeah. He, he was supposed to be at a comic con near my area, but I, he had to cancel at the last minute. They said he had uh, more filming he was doing, so hopefully next year he'll be on. Oh, this <laughs> so oh, that uh, sucks. Yeah, sometimes we go really late. On yeah. Fridays, like shoot till three, four in the morning. Where Where are you from? Where do you live? I'm from Massachusetts. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. 
So, um, so yeah, tell us a bit about the. So you be, you guys shoot like what ten to twelve hours a day? I've had cast members from Flash and Arrow on the show, and they pretty much tell me you know it's like ten to twelve hours a day. It depends what they're shooting. Yeah, pretty much. They've sort of started to be uh, more strict about not going too far over uh, 12 hours, but they do sometimes. Yeah. But yeah, that's kind of where it goes. And, and because there is like a 12 hour turnaround, meaning like if, uh, if a day, if Monday ends at 10 PM, they can't start Tuesday until 10 AM. They can't start earlier. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's sort of a, a, a rule to allow everyone to sort of have time to sleep. Yeah. Um, so yes. what ends up happening is by, by the end of the week, you know, it's like if, if every day gets pushed an hour, an hour, an hour, you might start shooting at 1 p.m. on like uh, on Friday and it could go till 3 a.m., 4 a.m., like I said earlier, which is probably what happened wow. when Brandon couldn't make it. Mm. Huh. That's interesting to know. So in the acting world, yeah. you know, how do you uh, who are some of your influences in the acting world? Uh, a good question. I feel like. Um, I'm always leaning towards comedic influences. Like I'm obsessed with Sasha Baron Cohen. Okay. I love the characters he creates, the way he gets to play with other people who are unaware of that sort of the, the clowning, the clown work he does, the mask he puts on, you know? Um, and you know, the, obviously I love Seinfeld. I guess that's an old sitcom, but it's just, it lasts. It's it's, it's amazing. Still, yeah. Yeah. so watching those actors is just a, a joy. Yeah. It's awesome. I'm 41 years old, and I still watch Seinfeld. I've seen every episode probably like 10 times or more. Yeah, I <laughs> mean, it's amazing how watchable that show is. Like, yeah. it's just any episode is just a just a, a joy. Yeah. It's amazing what they created. It's like, I'm and more... also like related to that, the other show that was another juggernaut, which I also love, Friends. Yeah. Friends has like a whole new generation of fans because of it being on Netflix. Yeah. It's amazing. And people almost cried the other day because it was coming off Netflix. Right, exactly. Yeah, because <laughs> Warner Brothers is like, wait a sec, we have this massive hit. Well, we should, I, I guess they're going to probably do their own uh, streaming service of some sort, I yeah, would imagine. I did read that, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah so. so tell us a little bit about the writing you're doing. I read that you uh, you wrote two pilots. Am I correct on that? Yeah, actually three. Three, three yeah. yeah. Tell us a little bit about mm-hmm. those. So, um, me and my writing partner uh, have been working and developing these different shows. A lot of them are sort of uh, fish-out-of-water situations, which is what I find the, the most fun to write. So, the one that we're developing right now is called Americanistan. And that one is about uh, a Texas billionaire who decides to start uh, an American news network in a fictional Middle Eastern dictatorship. <laughs> so we have like Western journalists who are who have all ruined their careers in the West through doing stupid shit, and they are now in this fictional country that is a very strict dictatorship, and are trying to report the news in a country where the news is highly censored by the government wow but they're not used to it because they're from you know one character's from england and the other two are are americans and they they don't operate that way and yet in this world that's how it works so 
we're trying to like, and it's also a sitcom, but you know, it's, we're trying to have fun with uh, dictatorship, terrorism, and misogyny. <laughs> the three most hilarious t- subjects. <laughs> right? <laughs> so are you trying to pitch that to like Hulu, Netflix? What's the plan with that? Right, exactly, yeah. So now we're just putting together our uh, sort of our pitch materials. And uh, and we're going to be pitching next year, nice. early next year. Nice. Nice. Yeah, it's exciting. One of our so we shot we actually shot the pilot episode uh, three three four years ago. Okay, um, sort of ourselves. And one of the actors who was in it was hilarious. He's next year is playing Aladdin in oh, wow. the new Disney Aladdin. Wow. wow. So. And he wants to still do Americanistan, so we're hopeful that you know things will progress nicely next year. And the trailer looks uh, amazing for Aladdin so far. I mean, it's a teaser trailer, but yeah, very exciting. Yeah, it <laughs> does. I know. I'm, I'm pumped to see it. So, what do you think has been your biggest achievement so far in the acting world? Uh, ooh. I mean. Probably Legends of Tomorrow. I, I, I'm like so happy to be part of that. Other than that, I mean, I think another sort of in terms of the difficulty of the role, I did a, a movie in Israel called Sili that uh, premiered at the Venice Film Festival. And that entire movie was shot in Yiddish, which is a language I did not speak. So I uh, had a Yiddish teacher in L.A., and I had my grandmother had the script with her in Toronto, and we were on the phone for an hour and a half a day, like, going over a lot of dialogue. Wow. Uh, and just learning this act, this this language that I didn't know. <laughs> wow. But, at least, hey, now you could put that down on your resume. They, <laughs> you can <Exactly>. do that. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, language is spoken, Yiddish. Now, I know, you mentioned All the... I knew before was like the stuff that was in Seinfeld, you know? Yeah. The... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so you, you mentioned the comedy and stuff like that. Have you thought about like, have you like played around with like stand-up comedy or are you more just like in the back? Yeah. Background? Yeah? Yeah, so I started, uh, I, I'm like a fetus in the stand-up world. I've performed about, I would say about 20 times. Okay. Um, and I started, uh, I guess, the first time I performed was maybe two years ago. Um, I've sort of fallen off the bandwagon a little bit, fallen off the ban- fallen off the wagon a little bit with it because I've been uh, in Vancouver and not in LA. But uh, but yeah, I got to get back into it. It's amazing. Yeah. It's it's a real rush, and uh, you know it's it's a fascinating art form. Yeah. Love it. You're right about that. Do you uh, do you have like a dream role that you want to play someday? Um, I mean, I would love to be the type of project I'd love to be involved in is is a multicam sitcom. Okay. I just think it's a great melding of, uh, you know, theater and television. Um, it'd be fun to perform in front of a live audience, even though that, that form of television is sort of dying, which is sad. I, I don't really understand why that is. I guess, like, maybe just the, the single-cam comedy is now taken over and people find the multicam kind of too too broad, yeah. perhaps. I don't know. Yeah. But that would be that would be an amazing experience. You're right about that. In most of these comedy shows now, yeah, the way that gets filmed and everything, you're right about that. 
changed yeah, a lot. Yeah, it's all yeah. sort of. Yeah. Yeah, it really has. <laughs> I mean, I guess still the Big Bang Theory is still like the biggest show on TV, and that's a multicam, but yeah. there there seems to be just not as many of them. <laughs> yeah. So you've done uh, interviews and podcasts. What's uh, one thing that you wish people would ask you on a podcast or an interview? <laughs> Uh, that's a good question. Um, what's one thing? Maybe what are your top, what, what are your next most excited travel destination? What, what are the, what's like the top list places you want to go to in the world? Oh, there you go. What's your, uh, do you have a top three? I prefer not to answer. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, uh, yeah, I would like to go to India, Greece, Croatia. There you go. That's good. I'm from. I'm actually from Greece, so I could tell you where, where to go. <laughs> oh, amazing! Yeah, yes, yeah, please. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I lived there for four years. I was born here, but I lived there for wow. four years. Yeah. So it was an, it was an amazing Where'd time. Where did you live? I lived in a few places. I lived in uh, Athens. I lived in Sparta. My dad's from Sparta. And I lived, I lived in, a, in Kalamata, where my mom is from, also. Wow, but, yeah. home of the but if, famous olive. Yep. So if you like history, Sparta is a good place to go. I mean, of Ath- Athens is huge too, of course. But you know, if you like, if you're into like, yeah, three hundred and King Leonidas, you got to visit Sparta at least for like a day. Of course. Yeah, the military history of the Spartan warriors. Yeah, yeah for sure. Exactly. Yeah, That's so, amazing. Yeah, I'd love to go. Yeah, yeah, you'll have fun. There's a lot of things to do there. So uh, That's awesome. Uh, lastly, uh, any future projects that you want to tell the listeners about? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I have, I'm in a movie that's coming out. I don't know. What, I think it's supposed to come out in the fall, but I'm not sure. But it's called uh, Dragged Across Concrete. It's a Mel Gibson-Vince Vaughn joint. Wow. And uh, I play a guy named Bezad, who, who's a bulletproof car salesman. A sketchy fellow. <laughs> Very different than Gary Green on Legends. Yeah. I got to smoke, smoke a lot of cigarettes and, uh, <laughs> and have some facial hair. Yeah. So that was good. <laughs> that, had to be a, that had to be a fun movie with Mel. Yeah, it w- I know. Sadly, I actually never worked with either of them because I was dealing with the bad guys. Uh, and they're the good guys. <laughs> so, uh, Which was bullshit, Elias. <laughs> next time, next time. Next time, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So uh, how can the listeners find you on social media? At Seki, T-S-E-K-Y. Yeah. I think... I think- on definitely on Instagram. I think on Twitter too. Both of them. T S E K Y. All right. Is there anything else you want to tell the listeners before we end this? Just keep on listening to the man cave, there and you your life will be joyous. <laughs> I want to thank you for coming on. This was a blast. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah, for me too.